Suddenly we have been reminded that we cannot take tomorrow for granted or pursue all the plans we have for the future. We've been reminded that we are not the masters of our own destiny. Rather, we are vulnerable and mortal. It's a time that needs the Easter message. And I've chosen today to speak on the words of the Apostle Paul to the young pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 8, where he says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. At one time it seemed a little strange to me that Paul needed to say this to Timothy. Did he think that Timothy would forget this wonderful fact that we serve a risen and living Lord Jesus Christ? I now think it is not strange at all as I reflect on almost 60 years of ministry. What I see clearly now is that we preachers are very easily inclined to take this great truth for granted. When I was just a teenager in church, I recall many evangelists appealing to their hearers to receive Jesus into their hearts. (coughs) But I do not recall them, first of all, pointing out that Jesus rose from the dead and is alive. It seems to me that it was taken for granted that we knew that he had risen and was alive. Romans chapter 10 verse 9, the apostle says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, how can anyone believe that God raised Jesus from the dead if they are not told? It's as simple as that. We must make it very clear that God raised Jesus from the dead. He is risen. He is alive. And when we do, people come to faith. I was greatly encouraged recently by a young man, well, much younger than I am anyway, who reminded me how I had led him to faith. He said something like this. You asked me if I believed Jesus had been raised from the dead. I said yes, and that did it. There and then he entrusted himself to the risen Lord Jesus and was saved. Now to Paul's word to Timothy. But first of all, a few words about Timothy and his situation. Timothy was pastor of the church in Ephesus. You may have been fortunate enough to visit the ancient ruins of Ephesus and see the 25,000-seat theatre that was there in Timothy's day. The city was enormously wealthy. It was a port city, a centre for trade. It has been described as a steaming pot of multiculturalism and moral relativism. 
And that latter term simply means everyone did what was right in his own eyes and thought it was good. The Temple of Artemis was the main attraction of the city. It was the centre of fertility religion where prostitution was rife. It was also effectively the city bank and the bank for much of the region. And as Paul looked at this city, he saw that it needed the gospel that he had preached. Now, I see similarities with our day. And I'm in no doubt at all that our society needs to hear this very same gospel. And when Paul urged Timothy to remember Jesus, the Messiah, and I've switched the word Christ for Messiah now. Christ is Greek, means anointed. Messiah is Hebrew, means anointed. The anointed one, the promised one, the future king. And when Paul urged Timothy to remember Jesus, the Messiah, risen from the dead, he did so in the context of suffering. In verse 3, he urges Timothy, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And in verse 9, he speaks of his own sufferings. Because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. Once again, I see similarities with our day. And urging us to remember Jesus, the Messiah, risen from the dead. As we face opposition. Yes, and as we face the uncertainties of our present world. In that city, and in a tough time for believers, Paul wants Timothy to preach the gospel that he preached. He says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Thankfully, we have a couple of examples of Paul's preaching in the Acts of the Apostles. Let's take a look at one of them recorded in Acts 13, 16 to 39. We'll be looking at selected parts of this message only, and I invite you to dig a little deeper at home. Read the entire message, then compare it with the message of Peter in Acts 2, 14 to 39, and then go back and compare it with the things that Jesus said in Luke 24, 46 to 49. But in Acts 13, Paul begins by tracing the history of Israel up to the time when God made David the king and says, and it's one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised saviour of Israel. And then he goes on, the people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognise Jesus as the one the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him, and in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecies said about him, they took him down from the cross 
and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. Put simply then, this was his message. Jesus is the promised Messiah. They crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. Then Paul concludes with these words. And it's brothers listen, mainly because he's speaking in a synagogue. Brothers listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. Forgiveness of sin. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight. I can only say wow to that. That's really good news. Totally forgiven when we believe in Jesus, when we entrust ourselves to him. Ponder it. Take a moment now to do just that. If you recall the reading from Luke 24, you'll be able to see exactly how what uh, the apostle preached matches what Jesus said. Because Jesus said in verse 46, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins. All who repent. Great news. Now let's take another look at what Paul tells Timothy to do. He tells him to remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. The English translation does not quite bring out the emphasis in the Greek. Paul is telling Timothy to remember and to keep on remembering, to remember constantly. Or as J.B. Phillips puts it, remember always. I would like to paraphrase it like this. Keep Jesus the Messiah risen from the dead in the front of your minds at all times. The resurrection of Jesus is at the very centre of what we believe. And if you'd like to study this in some detail, I'd be delighted if you chose to read the section, I Believe, in my book, 
more than immortality. But the way Paul says this, he's not only referring to the historical event, but to the fact that Jesus is risen and alive. He is Lord and Messiah now. Paul's message is primarily to Timothy, a pastor and preacher. He wants him to keep this at the front of his mind at all times. And I believe with all my heart that this is his message to all pastors and teachers today. Our world needs to hear repeatedly about Jesus the Messiah risen from the dead. But there's also a message here for all of us. He wants us to keep Jesus the Messiah risen from the dead in the front of our minds at all times. And if we do that, we can go into each new day with some very precious truths also in the front of our minds. I have chosen just four of these truths. There are more, and you might like to add a few. But the first truth that we can keep in the front of our minds is this. Jesus is risen. He is Lord. He is in control. In Ephesians 1 verses 19 to 21, Paul points out that Jesus is seated at God's right hand in the heavenly realms and says, Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Hear that again? Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. The whole world and the world to come is under his control. Take a moment to ponder that and what it means to you. Then the second truth that we can keep in our minds and the front of our minds at all times is this, that Jesus is risen. He is the Messiah. One day he will come from heaven. In 1 Thessalonians 1.10, the believers there in Thessalonica are described as people looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus whom God raised from the dead. Jesus will come one day from heaven. Right now, he rules behind the scenes. Then he will rule openly. Every eye will see him. Take a moment to ask yourself whether you really believe that. And then the third truth is that Jesus is risen. He has taken away our fear of death. 
all was facing possible execution. Very possible execution. But he was anything but afraid. In Philippians 1.23 he says, I long to go and be with Christ, which would be better by far for me. Other alternative to stay and serve, he was happy to do that, but he said, I long to go and be with Christ. Death is not the end. For a believer, death is the doorway into the presence of Jesus. Hold on to that a moment. And then the fourth truth that we can keep in the front of our minds is this, that Jesus is risen. He has given his spirit to us. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How does he live in us? His spirit, the spirit of the risen Jesus, lives in us. And I suggest to you that if you find that difficult to believe, ponder the modern miracle of Wi-Fi. It's everywhere. It's in you as you sit and listen and speak today. So why would we think it incredible that God, as the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, could also be in us? My friends, he is. If you're a believer, he is. We are never alone. We are never without help. Ponder that a moment. Preachers are always told that they should practice what they preach. And a few mornings ago, I turned to Jesus and thanked him for these four truths. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in control. Thank you, Jesus, that you will come from heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that you have taken away my fear of death. Thank you, Jesus, that your spirit lives in me. And what a blessing that was. I'm going to do it every day now, I think. I pray. It's such a blessing to put that right in the front of our mind as we enter every day. You can do it too. Why not do it right now? Say those four thank yous quietly to yourself.
So what a privilege it is to serve Jesus, the Messiah, risen from the dead. Let's do as Paul says and keep him in the front of our minds at all times. I urge you as I urge myself, step into each new day entrusting yourself to him. And whatever the challenge you face, do not face it alone. Face it with him. God bless you.